Gentlemen, welcome back. Pod number six, special pod, trade day edition. We're still in week five. We're recording on uh, Thursday, June 6th. The uh, big trade went down about six hours ago. I'm joined with my co-hosts, Barbecue Joe and Brandon Bayless. Welcome, boys. <laughs> I love my new nickname. It fits me perfectly for this pod. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a lot of feedback about this pod people uh people really enjoyed the uh the arguing we did but they really thought you were a, a big idiot that's okay do you want to do you want to retract any of your statements no you're, you're gonna leave them be. you sure i'll leave oh them god all right all right Bellis. uh joseph since you never get to talk in this damn pod i, I want to hear your reaction i want to hear what you thought of today's trade where were you when you heard about the trade? Where was I? I was yeah. I was driving, and then I got to a red line. Most of the time when I get to a red light, I'll, I'll just scroll through Twitter, Twitter randomly, and I saw it. I was like, well, I was, I was expecting them to trade crap. I mean, I know they were going to try to um, free up cap space by trading them. I didn't know they were going to be this early. And when they gave up, and many people, like, win horse and woe is even saying how you don't give up two first-round picks dump a contract if you don't know something or you're not confident in your ability to bring in a two max guys or even one max guy. Definitely. Did you when okay. you saw Joseph when you saw that tweet originally, were you excited? Oh yeah, I was really excited because I mean it shows that like for sure that they're really aiming. I mean obviously we knew they were aiming to get a max contract, but this this early, it just like I said maybe they know they know something. It was really shocking that uh, what happened this early? I mean, the finals are still going on, and this trade happened. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw your tweet that you put out there, and, and you are correct about that. We we have some national writers talking about us in a way they've never talked about us. You know, these guys always write the Brooklyn Nets off. We're we're always little brother in this town. Um, and then you have some guys today, like yeah, I'm hearing the same thing, and Brian Windhorst and saying yeah, they're not doing this unless they know something. And I don't I'm, know. I'm pretty excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. So that's just how I am and who I am. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on on this trade and what do you think is going to go on and what's going to go down? Uh, I was actually really excited. Um, Where were you? So, Where were you? I was, I was at um, – and then I occasion from Walsh tweet. And I saw Brooklyn Nets traded, so I opened it up and it was Alan Crabb. At first, I was so excited. I didn't really see the, the second first round pick next year, and I thought Touring Prince was Tayshaun Prince. Yeah. So I lost you for a second. What everything was messed up. I, I, the last thing I heard you say was Prince, and then you kind of went out. Okay. What is wrong with no, you? Nothing's wrong with me. I think you have a bad connection down in rural North Carolina. Rural? Rural North Carolina. Or South Carolina. Actually, I'm in the city, son. South Carolina. Where do you live? I live in Jersey, baby. You live in the boondocks of Jersey. I live Jersey. in Central Jersey. You don't live in You live in the freaking corn cob Farm There's bills. not a farm within a half hour of me. I live a half hour. You act like that's a that's like your nearest neighbor, dude. My, you should see my house. My neighbors are right, like literally right on top of me. My property is a hundred feet. <laughs> Sounds terrible. It, it is terrible. My property is a hundred feet long by thirty-five <laughs> feet wide. But the house is nice. The little property is nice, and the location's great. I'm right in the middle of all the action. But yeah, I'm. I'm Looking out my back, looking out my uh, back deck, and I see like seven houses, like without even like moving my eyes. So that's a little bit of a problem. 
Do you see a swamp? No, no swamp. Just my beautifully planted sod is what I see. It's beautiful. <laughs> Just your beautifully planted sod. Sod, dude. Every every time you have an issue with the word sod. S O D. Damn it. Anyways, I, I was saying I thought touring Prince was Tayshawn Prince. Is Tayshawn Prince still in the league, Brandon? I don't think so, but I'm excited that that's what drunk? I saw. Drunk. I was dr- the excitement. Yeah, I but was as well. Again, Joseph's missing a, a T that Wolves posted in that article as well. Wait. I think that he was hinting at the the deal with Kyle to the Nets. Yeah, but every Wolge has a way of Wolge has a way of like wording things, saying things without actually saying yeah. it. That's how unique he is. You just because he has a we have a strong interest, Irving. And he prefers us over the field. I mean, Joseph, what, what, else? What, were you, what were you saying? You're about to answer, Brandon? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was about to mention, like, it's not just what was just over the past couple of weeks. It's like, when's the last time you heard about anything about Tyree to the Knicks? It's been about the Nets and Tyree for the past few weeks. And now that Woj is even saying Tyree has a very strong interest in the Nets, I mean, that's, that just shows you, like, I haven't heard anything about the Knicks and Tyree in a while. I'm not even sure if it's even been a few weeks. I, th- I think it feels that way because we get this information overload 24-7 from beat writers and bloggers on Twitter. Yeah. But you, you are correct. I haven't heard KD, Kyrie to the Knicks. And maybe it's a week. Maybe it's multiple weeks. I don't know. It feels like a month ago. Um, I still hear KD to New York, yeah. though. Well, we have a special, special guest on the second part of this mini podcast. No one cares about Justin. <laughs> my guy Brooklyn's beat really nice guy by the way uh, I mean the, the fans the Twitter world are, are going to be disappointed because it wasn't anything like our timeline fight so we got some good information some good dialogue he's a very informative guy as we know he can be when he's not doing his shticks um, his sticks shtick stick yeah stick dude with a st- it's a shtick you jabroni you know what I gotta shout out Jay because he said, "Don't fall for my shtick today." Oh yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay really ripped into you today. He said you were insincere. He heard you laughing with the Anthony Davis stuff. But, but forget the forget the Anthony Davis stuff. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think you're just crazy. I, we know your KD takes are sincere. They're crazy, but we know they're sincere. They're ridiculous, but. Yeah, jo- Joseph and I both came to your defense. We-, we we defend you. We just don't want people confusing our voices. <laughs> I don't want anybody thinking I'm the guy saying Anthony Davis is a fourth tier center. <laughs> it was it was all Bruce. The same here, Alan. Uh, and uh, J- Joseph, did you uh, just a quick update from this morning's pod? Did you link up with Killer Gaddafi yet? You guys going to the clubs this weekend? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Nope. I saw the I saw the Homer Simpson gif where he goes back in the bushes. This, this man, it seems like he knows how to get women. Joseph, you're you're a man. You're a single man. Yeah. I, I think you're both from Houston. You both love the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. He's 
He said that he's going to make a video with you of Brooklyn Nets theme, so you'll enjoy that. Wow. Wow. Uh, um, anything else you guys have before we, we jumped into my interview with uh, Justin Salkin? Um, yeah, I got, I got something. No, of course you do. Go ahead. Um, let's just go for that. The Nets can still sign D'Lo even if they sign KD and Kyrie. From what, back. from what Pooch, if you listen to Pooch's Periscope today, um, he pretty much just said the Nets understand that D'Angelo Russell is why they're even in the position that they are. And they still value him at a very high thing. So I don't I wouldn't put it past them even that even if they signed Kyrie and KD. Joseph do you think D'Lo might come Joseph, back? Joseph, do you do you think so, on July first when everyone's celebrating KD and Kyrie and the Nets hypothetically that that Brandon is still going to be tweeting about D'Lo being Plan A. I'll probably be crying in his bed. <laughs> and then we're we're gonna we're gonna start to go find me and get Brandon a KD what if, jersey. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What if Sean Marks drops another crazy trade on draft night? Like what? Packaging Joe Harrison. Oh, I, I, if he does that, I, I think we're landing like everybody. I think it might be a KD, well, Kyrie, Kawhi, Kawhi trio. No, because we wouldn't have enough for that. Well, we'd make room. It'd only be Kyrie, KD. After what, after what happened today, is like. I'm still not as confident, but I'm a little bit confident that there's a good chance Katie and Kyrie both will be on the night. I actually think Katie's going to stay in Golden State. So, so you okay? So before we go, we'll do our final takes here. Joseph, July first. If you had a guess right now, you think it's Katie and Kyrie coming to Brooklyn? I'm going to say Kyrie for sure. I'm a, yesterday or even with the with Stephen as a thing yesterday. I'm not going to go all into that. Like, Come on, Joseph, make your predictions. Stop being a pussy. Oh boy! Right. We'll, have to, we'll have to bleep that out. Um, okay. Um, yeah. KD and Kyrie to the net. Wow. Brandon, your your, your prediction? My prediction is uh, the Warriors lose the finals and KD resigns with the Warriors. Okay. Kyrie comes to Brooklyn, resigns D'Lo, build the team from there. We still have fifteen million dollars left over after that. Um. Yeah, I'm with Brandon here. I think. D'Lo and Kyrie sign with Brooklyn. I think we, we, we play it with some money. I think we use the middle-level exemption. Uh, I think Kenny's very excited with the team he has next year. Uh, adding Prince today, adding Kyrie. I think it's going to be weird to watch. I think a lot of people are going to doubt us, but I think that happens. We win 53 games next year, and we go on from there. I Let's agree. Do it. All right, boys, thanks for your time. Thanks for uh, Nets fans for listening, continuing to support us and supporting Brandon Bayless and his antics. And it's supporting bar- Texas barbecue. Yeah, actually, show. actually, I, I don't think uh, FA has. Um, maybe he didn't listen yet because we, we had to talk to him about making that barbecue joke shirt. Yeah, it's coming. I'm gonna I buy got it. some design ideas in my head. We're gonna make Joseph. We're gonna make we Joseph look like 180 pounds, though, not like his profile picture. <laughs>
<laughs> You're definitely not going to look 250 on that t-shirt. Sure, so we're going to make you skinny with some ribs. With some, you're going to be holding up a gator over a over a charcoal grill or something. Barbecue Joe. <laughs> you should feel honored, man. Our first pod t-shirt will be you. Yeah, it's like more of an insult, but. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to end on that note. Hope you guys enjoyed this pod. Hope you guys enjoy my interview with Justin Salkin. We pro- uh, I can't promise anything. Justin's a nice guy, man. I, I can't even go at him in real life. He's too nice of a guy. But I hope you guys enjoy the interview anyway. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday for another edition of the pod, our last weekly edition. Oh, no, we have two more, Brandon? No, we have, we have one more before the fun starts. One start. more before the fun starts. All right, so we'll see you back next week with a special guest, Matt Brooks. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy. Go Nets. Go Texas Barbecue Joe. Good night. All right, Brooklyn Grit listeners, before we get into my interview with the man, the angry young man from Nets Twitter, actually a really nice guy, Justin Salkin, a.k.a. Mr. Brooklyn's Beat. We just want to shout out our sponsor, man. You guys are the best. FlatbushAtlantic.com. You type in the promo code GRIT, G-R-I-T, at checkout, and you will get 15% off your order. And uh, F.A., we, we need that Barbecue Joe shirt, man. Let's get that design in the work. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the interview. All right, Brooklyn Grit fans, we have a special one-off podcast. We had to do it today. Um, Big trade, lots of news in the Nets world on Twitter. just going crazy, so I brought a special guest on, the one and only Justin Salkin, Brooklyn's Beat. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not doing too bad, man. Late night for me, but I was very excited with this Nets news. Um, More so once I saw that Woj tweet about the mutual interest in Kyrie and Brooklyn, which I, I feel like Woj doesn't often do that. He's not really a connect the dots guy. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I know, you know, Nets Daly has said this. He works. He doesn't speculate. I know Brandon on your pod has said that as well. I, I think there's something to that. You know, he – I don't think he just puts names out there if he doesn't have a really strong feeling. It's a little different than some other guys. That really gave me a stronger feeling on Kyrie than I've ever had. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It was uh, I, when I first saw that Woj tweet. You know, I saw all the other ones, and then I was I saw that one. I thought I was like, all right, let me click on the profile. It's probably someone just fooling around. But no, it was real. That was crazy. And don't forget um, when uh, when they got D'Angelo Russell a couple of days before that, he almost kind of just like offhandedly mentioned that as a potential idea. I can't remember the exact language, but. He referred to it, and then a couple of days later, it's the Angela Russell trip. Yeah, so he – I mean, Woj obviously has good connections with every single front office in the league. But, you know, if you, you reminded me of that. I don't really think I remember that in particularly. But, I mean, you know, he's got some Nets connections as well, which we're obviously not surprised about. Um, all right, so I busted your chops a little bit on Twitter. But then you wrote the, the beautiful 1,600-word article – uh, you and I have disagreed before on 
when to make the trade. My, you wrote a nice piece for Nets Daily know, about a month ago? Yeah, just about a month. I think it was May 22nd because I think I pulled it up, you know, doing this. Yeah, okay. So you, May 22nd, it's something we, we've debated before on Twitter. Uh, your position was that you think the Nets should wait until around the uh, July 1st deadline, where if we know we're going to sign people, you cited some examples in the past of other teams doing a last-minute trade to uh, get some cap space. And my, my position was, I think we should do it on draft day because I want to negotiate from position of strength. I, I think if we did it on July 1st, we're negotiating from a weaker position because teams know we need that cap space. And what did the Nets do? They did it during the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely a curveball. It's funny. I saw a few people tweet it today, and they're right. I've said it too. You know, nobody really makes trades during – the finals and I was thinking that too and then boom that's make a trade <laughs> you know these things just happen to yeah it, it, really bizarre you, yeah usually I mean the NBA more than any other sport most other sports during their championship game it, it's silent the only other example I could think of was during a world series I can't remember what year A-Rod opted out of his Yankee contract and it was it was a huge deal because you know another point we were uh Boston Chops about on Twitter, you know, unwritten rules in baseball. Like, it's, it's just not something you do. You let the World Series stand alone, and A-Rod wanted to do an A-Rod move and, you know, cause a circus. Uh, a little bit different basketball. We, we've been getting free agent news now for weeks, all during the finals. That's all anybody talks about. But, yeah, I was shocked by this trade. Uh, Justin, why don't you break down your article a little bit? Yeah, so really I got into the depth, you know, a little bit in the weeds on why I thought, you know, what I really thought of this crab trade and – you know, I did talk about the article I did for Nets Daily where, you know, I, I did think they should hold off till July because my worry was, you know, you're throwing these assets out there. And obviously the trade itself is not a win. Right? You're, you're giving up draft picks and, you know, you're getting crab salary off, but that's really all you're getting most likely in that kind of trade. So I was worried about that. And then yep. what if you go into July and you don't get it done, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Now you're sort of out you know, these assets that you put out there. So that was really my worry for, I don't know if I want to take this chance before July 1st. Now, I also noted in my article, one thing I think that Marks did well here is I think he got a better price than most people thought he would get. I mean, I was thinking one or two solid young assets. Most people were talking two. And then, you know, it was a very popular scenario, you know, take J.R. Smith from Cleveland and because he's got that non-guarantee, you can kind of just cut him put that $3 million on your cap that he's owed. And that's didn't do that. They actually got a player in Torian Prince. I mean, he could play. You know, so yeah, they I, did get I like a lower price. That, that's, that, that is nice. And, you know, that, that's, you know, one, one of my main arguments about position restraint. I mean, I, I didn't even think it'd be something like this. I thought it would be a pure salary dump. I thought we'd have to take some salary back. I definitely knew we'd have to give up first-round pick. But, yeah, I was totally thrown for a loop. But I, I saw some people on Twitter, I forget who, somebody prominent, saying that they think Marks started the conversation by inquiring about Prince, and then it escalated from there, which, you know, I'd find interesting. Yeah, I, I could definitely uh, see that, too. And I will say, I saw a couple of people that I really respect, like Adi Joseph, and I'm forgetting a couple other names, but a couple other people, I think Jeff Siegel. Nets Daily retweeted okay. him, and they, they were speaking highly of Prince as a player. And, you know, for me, it's always good when people who I respect, you know, have some good things to say about a player. That feels good. So, 
I'm definitely happy about that. I, I think he's going to help the Nets next year. I mean, no matter what happens between now and say July 15th. Definitely. Um, and I think he's a Kenny type of player. He, he already shoots the three pretty well. He can guard multiple positions in, in a, I know you used this word in your article in a vacuum. He's a, he's a pretty good one-on-one defender. I think he had some times last year. I was watching some uh, YouTube on my, my train ride home. Uh, I think he had some like lapses on defense, but I, it's something that I think if he's in a position on a, a better team with some more veterans around him and in a winning atmosphere, I, I think that's something he could lock in and be, be become a better defender. I was talking to my buddy uh, Matt Brooks, and he was pulling up some advanced stats from some certain parts of the season, and it, he did have some nice defensive numbers, so it's very promising. Yeah, I, I really like how he's looked. I mean, he's definitely a solid player already, which I feel good about, so it's kind of – even if he doesn't take any steps, I think he helps the team. But then I'm also confident that he'll take steps, only you know, only being 25 years old. I think it's a really perfect fit, you know, for him. I mean, not quite to the level that the Nets were a perfect fit for Russell two years ago, but I think it's a very nice fit for him to grow his game. When you, yeah. When you look at the finals, and I know they're so talented, but a team like Golden State, how many good wings they have, right? Guys like Durant and Iguodala, and then the other side, Leonard and – I know Jakim's yep. a little bigger, but there's so many of these guys between like six five and say six ten that are that are long and versatile and can guard many positions and can switch onto multiple types of you know offensive players. You need guys like that to win. If Prince puts it together, I mean not not to the level of a Durant, but he could be yeah. a solid player, kind of in that mold of that type of guy you need. Yeah, and that, that would be nice if, if it all works out. Matt's, Marks' master plan here, he'd be a really nice piece off of our bench. Um, digging into this trade a little bit more, I, I know you're always uh, a big advocate of tampering because that's literally what every NBA team and player does. Do you have a, a gut feeling right now that Marks has a pretty solid plan in place, that he's talked to some agents, that he, he has some things basically that just need to be signed and done? I'm starting to feel that way, and I will say that whether it was five hours ago or five and a half, you know, whatever, before the trade, right? At that time, I would have been doubtful about even getting Kyrie. I know there's been some smoke and, you know, different people have talked about it, but I would have had my doubts about it. I really do think, like, if you were asking me to predict destinations now, I'd put Kyrie on the nets with Woj saying what he said. You know, before this was done, I had Tobias Harris going to the Nets. I thought the Sixers would only, you know, pony up for one of the two, and yeah. Harris would look for, you know, a team where he could have a bigger role. I'm really starting to think they get Kyrie, and if they do, he's the type of player who players really respect his game. I think that could lead to a lot more coming Brooklyn's way. That's interesting, man. Uh, I, I know there's some other scenarios where we'd have to uh... – clear some more cap space, but we, we couldn't bring in three max guys without making a trade, right? We could we could either get rid somehow get rid of Joe Harris and Spencer. Am I saying that correctly? You know more about the cap than I do. Yeah, that you know they could open up space by getting rid of them. The good thing there is I think both of them have trade value, so I don't think it would be anywhere near as difficult as, you know, the crab trade where you're eating a couple, you know, picks out the door. You know, if they wanted yeah. open space they could do that. They could obviously renounce Russell. I mean, those are like the big areas where they could do stuff because when you get beyond, you know, Russell and Harris and Dinwiddie, you know, the players just don't make enough money to have much of an impact. 
That's true. My, my only concern with that is when you're, you're getting a big three that way, say we renounced Russell and made a trade with Spencer and Harris going out and you brought in like a KD, a Kawhi, or, I'm sorry, KD, Kyrie, and say it's Tobias Harris. I, I just hate that the, the roster is so diminished. You know, I, I feel like, you know, you got three awesome guys and you're really struggling to fill out the rest of the minutes. It is. I think it'll definitely be a situation where we'll all be really excited, right? You know, we'll all be tweeting and, and hyping up the yeah. team and all that. But then when you, you know, you give yourself some perspective, they'll probably start the season a little slow, just kind of everybody figuring out their roles and their space and how to play together. And then there, there might be a little bit of a depth issue, right? Because you're getting rid of so many pieces to bring them in. You know, that's going to be something that maybe the second season you have some more depth around them. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I'm very, very excited to see where this goes. Uh, I'm very excited to see and a little nervous. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Russell guy. I really loved watching him develop this year and, you know, kind of lead this team to the playoffs, you know, to see if he really does end up being plan B, um, which I'm sure he is after Kyrie and KD. Um, but, yeah, I'm, any, any other last thoughts from you? Yeah, you know, you know, obviously on the Russell thing, I think I've probably said that one too many times past my welcome point, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I really like where things are headed with them. I, I mean, I love that – I love that the way Woj reported on Kyrie. I mean, when you look at that, I mean, that's big for them. And if they're able to get him or they're able to get somebody comparable to him, I think that has a domino effect. Because then what starts happening is even if you only have a mid-level or you only have minimum deals and – things like that, but you get in a situation where guys are saying, I'm worth $8 million, but I'll take $4 million to play for you. Because you have yeah. a guy like a Kyrie yeah. or even a guy like a Durant, if they're able to pull that Yeah, those, those, the, those guys, you know, e- either looking for a prove-myself deal or later in their career chasing a championship. You know, we saw those guys at the Heat. We saw those guys in Golden State. And those guys will be available for absolutely. sure. Absolutely, and I know that, are they the underdog for him? I mean, absolutely, but I wouldn't dismiss Durant here because I know that everyone's talked about the Knicks, and obviously it's been talked about so much at this point. But definitely, I've always gotten the sense: does he want to leave to, you know, run his own show? I, I think so, but I don't think he wants to do it alone. I think he wants to have a really talented team, but be known as the guy. I think the issue he has in Golden State is that that's always going to be Steph Curry's franchise. It just is. As long as Steph definitely. Curry's there, anyone they bring in is always going to be you know, in the shadow of Steph Curry. I mean, maybe maybe LeBron is able to impeach that because he's LeBron, but Curry. Of course, so, yeah. People love him there. I mean, kids love him. Everybody loves him, but especially in Golden State. I think he wants to have his own team, but he wants to be the guy. And So, yeah, he might want to go to New York, but I don't think he wants to go there alone. And I've always felt that Kemba Walker is going to be swayed by that Supermax in Charlotte. You know, KD's got this issue with Kawhi where he called him a system player in the past. There's there's some friction <laughs> there, so if you start adding up these dominoes, and maybe we're all getting a little ahead of ourselves. I, of I wouldn't course. dismiss it entirely. I guess I'd leave it at that. Yeah, and and I'm always the kind of guy who I, I don't like to count my chickens. I, I don't like I, I don't want to get started. Yeah, I know a lot of Nets fans are goofing around today, goofing on Knicks fans, and I, I love that kind of fun. But I, I don't like getting ahead of myself, man. I don't I don't like getting excited until I see. The contract signed. That's just, just kind of guy I am. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's a done deal until there's pen to paper, right? I think we could all agree on that. 
Yep. Um, but I have one more point. I forgot what I was going to say, but it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, Justin, I really appreciate you coming on with me. I think the, uh, the Nets Twitter fan base will be upset that we weren't yelling at each other. Yeah, well, but, we got to uh, keep it simple, Maybe we can right? save <laughs> it, It's true. It's true. We can save that for June 30th if things go all right. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I appreciate you, man. I will uh, talk to you soon. Good to talk to you. Thanks. Take, Take care. care.